All right, here we go. My name's Jeff Kay, and you're listening to episode 358 of the world-famous West Virginia Surf Report podcast. I know I've been gone too long. I apologize for that. Uh, things are, I would say, not going very well here at the House of K. We've got some challenges. Life's, uh, you know, there's peaks and valleys, and uh, I've been pretty lucky in that regard so far. But we're going, so we're going through something now. You know, I, I, I can't get into it. But uh, if you want to send positive vibes your, uh, my way, you know. I'll take them. My vibe, my vibe catchers are up. I'll, I'll, I'll absorb, I'll absorb your positive vibes. You know, if you want to send them over, over my way. Eh, we're all physically fine. It's just, eh, got some problems, problems we're dealing with. But uh, anyway, I apologize for not uh, releasing podcast episodes. I've been, uh, I, I, it hasn't been great. All right, and that's the end of that. Let's, uh, you know, let's move on. Um, I heard today, today's Saturday as I record this, Shohei Otani, baseball player for the Angels, free agent, signed with the uh, Dodgers for $700 million. $700 million. <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, that, that, that's the biggest contract in sports history. Uh, craziness. It, it, insane. They got, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. $700 million. Yeah, the, the whole the last couple of days has been all this crazy stuff going on where there's these leaks coming out and there's all kinds of rumors flying. Twitter's full of baseball writers on there. At, at one point yesterday, they were saying, these are baseball writers. These are not just dumbasses, you know, not just everyday dumbasses. These are, these are writers, right? They were saying Otani is on an airplane. He's on, he's on a private jet heading towards Toronto. There's going to be a 6 p.m. I mean, there's like specifics. A 6 p.m. Uh, press conference where they're going to announce that Shohei Otani has, is going to sign with the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, that, that was what was going around. Everybody's like, oh, my God. You know, and it turns out it was complete complete garbage. Nothing. It was nothing to it. I don't know. What, I don't know. These guys are getting fed like misdirection or something. I don't know. They're, I don't know where they're getting this information. But uh, anyway, there are several writers that re- reported that yesterday. Turned out to be completely wrong. And uh, anyway, so today, $700 million is it's pretty good. You know, it's a little slightly more than I make. You know, I don't, you know, just a little bit more. <sighs> eh, good for him, man. Good for him. Hopefully this, uh, this like, frees up the other transactions in baseball felt like there's a lot of teams involved a lot of teams trying to get his uh, services and everything was on hold to see where see what he did so hopefully this will break loose and there'll be some more transactions going on my cincinnati reds uh, there's no way they, they, they can't afford that kind of money no way only the dodgers yankees cubs you know those big the big uh, the, the big teams the big city teams 
the mats, you know, that kind of crap. Anyway, so that happened today. Um, and uh, Shane McGowan from the Pogues died. That was, uh, you know, he's 65 years old. He looked like he was 120. That guy was a gnarled mess from all kinds of... I mean, the guy was a legendary alcoholic, <laughs> you know, a legendary drinker. Let's put it that way. I don't want to call him an alcoholic. I don't. I don't know. I don't know his. I don't. I don't want to break any HIPAA rules. But the guy was a legendary drinker, drug user, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he 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 was he drank so much he got kicked out of the Pogues, which is a band of of drunks. You have to be like I don't know how you. I mean. I mean, you got to take that shit to a next I mean, a level that I'm unaware of if you get kicked out of the Pogues for drinking too much. But anyway, I got to see him twice in concert. I saw him with the Pogues when I first moved to Atlanta. It must have been 89, 1989 at Center Stage. It was one of the first concerts I went to when I moved to Atlanta. Uh, he was still with the Pogues at that point. He got kicked out. Then he, I saw him again. Uh, I don't know what year it was, but it was... Um, much later, you know, a few years later, and he was with the band. He filmed. He formed another band called the Popes. <laughs> so he got kicked out of the Pogues and formed another band called the Popes. That's who I saw the second time. Great. I mean, it was fantastic. It was a wild. It felt like the entire. It felt like the band was drunk. It felt like everybody in the audience was drunk, and the shit was running wide open. Man, that that was a crazy, crazy show. Yes, he was great. He was a legend, and um, you know, I saw where in he, he's in Ireland. He's Irish, and um, there were people lining the streets like it was the death of a president. You know, that's pretty. That's he. He's like a, a national treasure in Ireland. He's he was great. Great songwriter. Great personality. You know, all that. Shane McGowan, R.I.P. He he always signed that poster for me too at that Pope's show. I asked him to sign a poster for me after the show, and uh, he wrote, uh, uh, "He wrote fuck off on it, fuck off, Shane." That's how, that's how I, that was his inscription. So, all right, man, thanks. <laughs> you know, Woo, I still have it. It's right here. It's in the it's in the office here. It's in the bunker. So, anyway, R.I.P. R.I.P. Shane McGowan, one of the greats. Um, let's see. I went to McDonald's the other day, and. Um, Went through the drive-through. The world's worst McDonald's, by the way. It's out near my job. Oh, I hate going out there. It's like this road of, of sadness. It's just like a strip of just sadness down through there. You know, I I, I don't know. I I get bad vibes. Like I I, may, I get sad when I drive up drive that that strip. You know, I can't even put my finger on it. But it's just just low rent and. The people are all just, I don't know. But anyway, I, I, sometimes you have to go out there because it's close and you don't have much time. you gotta got to get something in your in your stomach. And so I went to McDonald's, going through the drive-thru, and uh, I ordered a number one, which is the Big Mac meal, no pickles, a uh, medium fry, and a medium uh, Dr. Pepper, right? It thing was ten seventy one or something like that. It was it was over ten. It was almost eleven dollars. I'm like, God, eleven dollars for that crap. You know, that's just insane. That's insane. So I pull up to the window. He goes, I pull to the first window, and uh, I pull up there. He goes twenty seventy one, 
some guy, you know, some zitster, some some guy, zit-spangled teenager, you know, all hunched over. He goes, 2071. That said 2071. He goes, oh, my bad, man. All right. I don't like people call me man, you know. But anyway, he goes, all right. Uh, my bad, man. I'm just, I'm exhausted. I said, I'm exhausted. I said, oh, they're, they're overworking you here, are they? He goes, yeah, but this is my fifth day in a row. In a row? I said, I said, oh, yeah, fifth day in a row. I said, oh, yeah, how many hours you know, How many hours a day you working? Well, time, it could be anything between six and eight a day. I said, yeah, it's rough, buddy. Hang in there. Like I don't want to be one of these guys that just goes, yeah, that's that's called a job. That's a job, you know. That's that's what that's what you do. I mean, that that's what you that's what's called working a job. Five days in a row. Can you believe this? Do you believe what they're asking of me in a row? So anyway, ten seventy one bullshit. That's, that's, that, what is going on? And then, okay, I went back out there on that strip of sadness. A couple nights later, I don't know why I do do this to myself, but I went in, I, I wanted something like, I didn't want fast, I didn't want fried ass food. I wanted something that was a little bit more fresh. I've been boycotting that stupid subway out there because they suck. They're not good, you know? And um, I went, so I went in there, right? I, I, I thought, I'm going to go back there. It's been three months since I went in there. You know, at least they, at least it has like uh, actual lettuce and tomatoes, and you know it's a little bit possibly a little bit more healthy. So I go in there and I see that they got the slicer out. That's their new thing. They got all kinds of signage about how they're slicing the meat in store now. It's not just coming off a DHL truck, you know. Doesn't come out of some kind of slicing center in New Jersey or whatever the hell. You know, they supposedly they slice it in there. I mean, the thing, so they got this big slicer behind the counter. <laughs> I don't even know if it has a motor in it. I mean, I don't know. It's probably just a prop. It probably, you know, has no motor in it. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. But maybe they use it. I don't know. But anyway, ordered a uh, an American club. And uh, it has, uh, I don't know, it has bacon on it and uh, ham and turkey you know, foot long, and I got a bag of chips and a bottle of water. You want to guess how much that cost? Do you do you want to guess how much that cost? Seventeen oh seven. Seventeen dollars. What is going on? I mean, how how in the hell? I mean, you could go to Cracker Barrel for that and sit down at a table and eat like a, you know, eat like a human being, like a like a you know. Like a sophisticated human being, I don't know about sophisticated, but you know what I'm saying, and um and have like uh, like plates and stuff. I'm eating out of some kind of like plastic, like a like a giant condom, with a with a shit sandwich stuck down in there, just a tube, you know. It's, it's unbelievable. It's it's unbelievable. Seventeen dollars. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I don't know. I, I don't go out on that the strip of sadness too much, but um, I went twice recently, and it did not, it, you know, it did not disappoint. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, also uh, I went. I had to get something out of my car at work. This is kind of gross, but um, I had to get something out of my car at work the other day. Went through the break room. I cut through the break room through into this hallway. 
which leads to the front, uh, you know, the front door, you know, the the lobby, the main lobby. And there's these two bathrooms down on one end of the of this hallway that I step out of the out of the break room into this hallway. There's two. There's a men's room and a bat and a women's ladies' room at the end of the hallway. Smells like a wall of poop. Just a just a just a the whole hallway. <laughs> the whole hallway is just poop. It's like you're stepping into poop. You know what I mean? You're not. You know you're step. You're, you're inside of it. You know. And um, I was like, what? I mean, those bathrooms are big. They're they're huge. They have high ceilings. There's a lot of room in there for dissipation. You know, it can dis. You know, there's a lot of room. It could go up into the rafters. There's a lot of square footage. Somebody went in there, committed some kind of a, an atrocity, a crime against against humanity, and it was it filled up that entire large room, escaped into the hallway, and went all the way down the hall. <laughs> like, somebody needs to go. I mean, somebody needs to call 911. Somebody needs to go straight to the hospital. If something like that were ever unleashed, if I unleashed anything like that, I, I think I'd just drive straight to the to the ER, you know? I mean, God. I, I don't know. I have no idea who, who was the culprit, and I have no idea if it came out of the men's room or the ladies' room. But it, somebody... I mean, somebody needs to go. Somebody needs to, you know, somebody needs to go to the hospital. <laughs> Let me say, I'm not kidding. Somebody needs to see a physician, right? All right. So I started making. It caused me to start thinking. You know, I've never in my life. I know this is gross, but I have never in my life taken a a, a, a duke <laughs> at work. Never, never, never in my life. Not in my entire. Working career, I've said it. I've said it many times. I'm proud of it. It's a people believe, don't believe I'm. I'm telling the truth. I am telling the truth. I have never in my life. And people are like, "How can you do that? How's that possible?" I can't control. I mean, when if, if I have to go, I have to go. It's like why? I don't. I don't have that problem. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, since I don't have that problem, and it's probably unfair. Since I don't have that problem, why do you have that problem? You know. I mean, I don't. I don't have that problem. I'm, I'm not one of those guys. that's like everybody out of my way. <laughs> everybody, it was like run, you know, running down the hall. Never. That's never happened to me. I don't have that problem. I, I, something inside my head knows that that's not a possibility. My body knows that that's not a possibility. So it never comes knocking. Never. You know. It knows, and it, it you know, and I, I, so it never it's never an issue for me. Some people apparently are like pigeons, where it just falls out of them, you know, all willy nilly. They have no control. Never, never happens to me. Somebody's texting me. Hang on a second. Uh, all right, sorry, but yeah, that that's not something that's ever happened to me. I I, I do remember one time. It's a long time ago, and um. I was I was working at Peaches. So this is in the '80s, you know. This is in the '80s. I was at I was at Peaches. I was a night manager, and I was closing out the drawers and all that stuff. Everybody'd gone home. Everybody left, and um, I was the only person at the store, right? And um, the doors were locked. I was locked inside. I was back in the offices doing the the closeout. You know, the whatever that crap you have to do at the end of the shift. 
and I got a powerful urge. <laughs> this was back before my body was trained, apparently. And I, I got some, I got a calling, a powerful calling. And I was like, well, there's nobody here. I mean, you know, I guess I could, you know, maybe, you know. And I, was, I started thinking about that. And I thought, nope. As soon as I open that door, as soon as I give myself permission, as soon as that, as soon as that becomes a possibility, then it's gonna be. I'm gonna have that problem. It's like it's like with uh, with the uh, with, with the uh, chapstick. You know, if you don't use it, you don't need it. As soon as you as soon as you do use it, you always need it or something something along those lines. You don't need it. Let's see. What what is the phrase that I always say? <laughs> You don't. If you don't use it, you don't need it. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. So, but as soon as you open the door, as soon as that becomes a possibility, then you're going to be a slave. You're going to be a slave to your anus. <coughs> I mean, no, I don't want to be. I don't. I mean, call me, call me radical. I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be a slave to my rectum. You know, I don't. I want. I want to be. I want to have. I want to be. You know, I want to be in control of that. So I'm not kidding. I'm not. I'm not joking. That was the only time I came very close. I had thoughts where I almost crumbled, where I almost could, I almost went in there, and you know, like, but I couldn't. Then I couldn't say uh, I've never done it at work. You know, never. I couldn't say that. I could lie, but inside my inside my heart, I would know that I'm lying to you. So I'm not lying. I've never done that at work. It never happens where I. It never. It's never a problem, ever. So. Everybody's like, most people are like, I don't understand how you can do that. And um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's not a possibility. So, you know, I'm not a, you know, it's never a possibility. So it never happens. So it knows. It knows. My body knows. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. But anyway, it was, it, was, it was unbelievable. Somebody unleashed some kind of, it's like some kind of, like some kind of napalm or something. I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, what are they? Who? What are they eating? You know. I mean, I don't have the best. I don't have the best. Uh, uh, you know, menu. I don't eat the best menu. But uh, I don't. I'm not unleashing that. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's, there's nothing. Oh, anyway, enough of that. Um, I have a whole bunch of calls. It's been a while, and I apologize, but I have a whole bunch of calls, and um, let's just jump right into them. The first one is from uh, Jill from Pennsylvania, who called once before, and she was uh, she was disappointed that I that I uh, sometimes skip a week with these podcasts, and I bet she's really disappointed with me now. Sorry, Jill. <laughs> but anyway, here's her call. Hi, Jeff. This is Jill from Pennsylvania. I just heard the episode with with my phone call, and I was so excited. Um, I just Googled why people had to get a blood test before marriage, and you were right about rubella. My reason was wrong, but what it says is uh, historically applicants were required to obtain a blood test before marriage for venereal diseases, most commonly syphilis, for genetic disorders such as sickle cell anemia, or for rubella. So that's, I'm reading that uh, from Google. So now we know. Uh, that's all I have to say today, and 
Um, I had told you my son got me interested in the show. He has saved every episode from day one, and I don't know how many years he has been uh, listening uh, to your show, but he said, if you ever stop uh, your your show, that he has the old ones, and he'll listen to those over and over again. So have a good day, night, whatever you're doing, and again, happy Thanksgiving. And I'm thankful for your show. Bye-bye. Blood tests. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't – I think it has – I didn't look it up. You did. So, I, you know, I understand. It's VD, sickle cell, and rubella, right? And it's not – It's. I guess they don't want you to pass that along, you know, to kids, I guess. Is that what it is? I think it is. I think it has something to do with – Possible kids getting being born with a with, with some kind of a disease or something. I don't know, but um, I don't even know what rubella is. It's like some it's like the flu or something, Spanish flu, like rubella. I mean, that sounds like sounds like somebody I used to work with. You know, you know, somebody who used to work in the warehouse in Atlanta when I worked down there, like rubella Johnson or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm stepping over the line here, I don't know. But anyway, rubella. Yeah, I don't know. See, I guess I don't care about that anymore. Is that what they're saying? Nobody cares anymore? So I go, all right, pass on the rubella. Pa- pass on the, the syphilis, you know? Yeah, we don't care. Government's not getting involved in this anymore. This is your, your problem, you know? I guess, I mean, I don't know. Why is it a, why, why did it used to be a big problem? Now it's not a problem. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for calling back, Jill. I'm sorry I've been gone so long. And... Um, and I'd like to uh, thank your son for uh, being such a big fan and for passing it on to you. And I'm glad he's listening, and I'm glad he's uh, got all the episodes saved and all that stuff. So cheers to both of you. Thanks for calling. Call again anytime you want. This next call is from Patrick, and here we go. Hey, hey, Jeff. This is Patrick here. <laughs> hey, man, that was really funny. Uh, that motherfucker bought all the hot dogs. <laughs> man, that was as he ports over, there's this big fat guy. Kiss me, that's that's hilarious. Man. That's really funny. Uh, but yeah, I'm starting to hear a lot of profanity uh, in the business place as well. But kids in the neighborhood, uh, a couple of them came to mind. Um, we had this one guy. His name was Patrick too. He moved down from New York, uh, and yeah, he sounded like like Maki Ramon, and. Um, yeah, he didn't last long. He showed up and he lived there about a year, and then he and then he, they moved away. And I I don't know. I never saw her. I don't know. It was just kind of odd that he showed up and then he left. And then there was another guy named Kenny who lived in the neighborhood. He showed up. He was there about a year and a half, maybe two years. And we called him close talking Kenny because he would get right in your face when he talked. You know what I'm saying? Like you ever know people that do that? Like get there and you're they're almost like you're like nose to nose. He's like right in your face. Uh, so yeah, the COVID was probably really difficult for him. There's no doubt he he probably caught it. You know, so uh, that's just reminded me about, about about close talking Kenny. And yeah, he was there for a minute and then he was gone. Never saw him again. Uh, the the windshield wiper thing on Tony's car. Uh, what happens is the uh, I noticed this a lot when I lived in Michigan was the the little nuts that hold the 
the wiper arms to the spindle, it's like on some of them like about a 13 millimeter, 14 millimeter nut. When you try to, uh, when they're frozen in the ice and snow, trying to move them, push all that ice, it can just, it works itself loose and it just kind of strips out. I don't think it was any, I don't think it was tampered with. I just think it might have been, might have been compromised from the snow and ice and shit because you live up in the, in the rust belt. Um, and I think just what I did, they just came loose. So I don't think it was thing. So. And you said something about going to the doctor and <laughs> they're like looking in your ear and, and pushing your stomach and shit. You know, like, like, I'm, I'm a fat guy too, but like, you know, what, what are they looking for? You know, they're not going to feel anything pushing on my big fat stomach. You know, I don't, they do it anyway. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know why, I don't know why they do that. But, you know. Anyway, that was, that was fuck about all the hot dogs. That was, that was really funny. Really funny. That was a good episode. And, uh, I'm in. Keep it up, Jeff. We'll see you. Yeah. We were t- I was talking about kids like in grade school who are there and then suddenly they're gone. Nobody knows what happened to them. You know, um, I was talking about uh, that kid, uh, there a couple of them, you know, there's like two or three of them I talked about. So you had a couple, two, Marky, one talked like Marky Ramon. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, God. You know, that, that Long Island, that thick Long Island accent. And um, and then the other close-talking Kenny, <laughs> he said he, uh, he definitely got covid Definitely. Wherever he is, he definitely got COVID. Yeah, I don't know. It's a phenomenon. Because once you get into high school, you don't really have it. For me, I mean, in my experience, you don't really have that. You don't have that where kids are there when, you know, for a couple months or maybe a year, and then they're gone. You know, seems like a grade school phenomenon, you know. Um, the windshield wiper thing, you say it's not tampered with. Uh, it hasn't been snowing, though. And you said it was because the snow and it has to work. I mean, it hasn't been snowing. I mean, it's too early in the year. I don't know. The guy said you know, at the garage that somebody it looked to him like somebody tampered with it by hand. <laughs> but you could be right. I don't know. Maybe the thing just like backed out. I mean, you could be right. But um, he he said they wouldn't all come out like that all at the same time. You know. Uh, but anyway, you know, thanks thanks for the infor- information on that. And, um, yeah, pushing on your stomach when you go to the doctor. You don't know the thing about going to the doctor. I don't go very often because I hate it. It makes me stressed out. Every time I go there, I feel like they're going to discover some terrible life-altering disease that is going to change the trajectory of my life, you know. And I I, I go in there, and I'm sweating. You know, I'm covered in sweat, slick as a seal, as my dad would say. (laughs) And, um you know, I hate it. I, I I try to avoid it, so I don't go very often. That's not that's stupid. You know, it's a stupid way of going about going about it. But another thing, every time I go, they bring in some girl. It's always a girl, a student. They say, "Do you mind if we bring in a medical student to observe?" Right? And um, I'm like, eh, I guess. You know, I've never said no. I mean, that, that would be kind of I don't know. I don't know if they, how how they how that would go over, but I always say yes. And they bring this girl in. She looks like she's always like cute. She looks like some kind of cheerleader from the high school. You know, she looks young, extremely young, way too young to be a medical student. But I'm old, and I don't, I can't judge these things anymore. Everybody looks like they're they're babies to me. God, so they bring in this this cute high school girl, <coughs> and you know. And they're they're pushing on my stomach, 
I got my shirt pulled up, and I'm like my big old fat ass <laughs> blubber, you know. And it's it's embarrassing. I'm afraid I'm trying not to fart because they're they're pushing on it and shoving. I don't what what is that? And it's shining a light in my ear, listening to my, you know, putting a stethoscope on my back. Eh, I'm sweating like it's stressed out. They're gonna they're, they're gonna give me bad news about my blood test. I'm just convinced of it every time. God. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I, there's nothing they're going to find. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But they're, uh, they they do the shoving on the stomach. It's one of their favorite things. Thanks for the call, Patrick. I do appreciate it. Yeah, that guy at Sam, the, the, the woman at Sam's um, with the hot dogs. It was hilarious. But um, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of all the profanity. <laughs> I sound like an old man. Back in my day. It wasn't so much profanity, just casually, all willy-nilly. Everybody just spewing, dropping F-bombs all willy-nilly. Back in my day, there was a little decorum. All right. But thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. Next call is from Clinton from Indiana, and here it is. Hi, Jeff. This is Clinton from Indiana. Hey, uh, regarding your your wife's car's windshield wipers, if I understand correctly, it sounds like uh, they were manually disabled, right? And that, in turn, prevented her from having to go out at 10.30 at night to go to the airport. Uh, and instead, she got to stay at home, possibly under a blanket, possibly with a drink, possibly watching TV, while somebody else went out to the airport at 10.30 at night. And I don't want to cast uh, accusations around too wildly, but you may not have to involve the FBI here to figure out exactly uh, your culprit, so to speak. My question for you is... Uh, uh, are, uh, are you, you, you've been to a million shows. Uh, are you a ticket sub saver? Um, I had a boss once, this is 10 plus years ago, back when they still had paper tickets, who swore he, up and down he had the stub from every single ball game and, and, and concert and everything he had ever been to, all saved at his house. And I thought, you know, at the time it seemed believable, but now, of course, you, you can't get paper tickets anymore. So, I, I always wonder if I should reach out and find out if, if his collection is still there, if he gave up because he couldn't keep, uh, you know, adding to it. But I was wondering if, uh, you know, you've been to a bunch of things. Do you save the memorable ones? Do you throw them all away? Do you keep any of that? Anyway, uh, thanks a lot for your show. Uh, take care. You're. Uh, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Tony, Tony went in there with a screwdriver. <laughs> she went in there with a screwdriver and unscrewed the thing. So she wouldn't have to go. So she wouldn't have to go to the airport. And I had to go. I had to go to the airport. Ten thirty at night. Pick up my my you know my loony uh, sister in law. God, I didn't even think about that. I'm gonna talk to her about that. <laughs> you know, I have a little discussion about that. But um, I think you might be right. I don't know. I'm, I'm very suspicious now. Um, ticket stubs. Yes, I'm a big ticket stub. I'm a, I'm a, I save everything. I mean, my entire basement is full of shit that I've saved through the years. I don't throw stuff away. I have a bunch of ticket stubs from concerts and baseball games that I've been to, that kind of thing. They're scattered. There's a bunch of them right here, in fact. I got a stack of them right here. Let me see. Let me pick up them. All right, let me see what we got here. Just This is just off the, the pile here. I got uh, Los Lobos. Uh, Elvis Costello and the Attractions, the Pixies, the Buzzcocks, Porno for Pyros, 
Frank Black, uh, Exine Cervenka, and Steve Wynn. Uh, King's Axe. What the hell? The hell did I go to see that for? I don't, I don't know about that. I don't remember that at all. I don't like that band. I don't know why I went to it. Jimmy Dale Gilmore. Uh, Sting. You know, that Sting show, um, I went to see because Squeeze opened. Squeeze opened for Sting, and I went to see uh, Squeeze and left. Didn't stay for Sting because he's a pretentious cock. And then Paul Simon, right? That's just off the top of it. So I got him in here in my office. I got a, tons of them, right? But see, I am I, a big saver, and I'm, I'm, I have a big baseball card collection. And I got tons of records and CDs, and I am a big saver. But um, the baseball, of course, now tickets, you know, it's on your phone, you know. But there is an app called the Ballpark app where it saves. Every like when you go to a baseball game, uh, it'll it picks up like it saves it in that in the app. You you, you do a check in, and it, and then you can go back and see all the all the games you've been to. It gives you the score. It has a video highlight of the game, you know. And um, it's not it's not the same, but it's it's pretty cool. You know, you can go back and look at uh, all the baseball games you've been to. It, it lists the number of. Uh, teams you've seen, the number of stadiums you've, you've visited. So that's the MLB ballpark app. It's not the same, but uh, at least it's, you know, it's something. But generally, you just have to, you have, a, you have a ticket on your phone. You have nothing. You have nothing to save. But yeah, I'm a saver. I, 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 I like ticket stubs, and I like all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm, <laughs> Tony says I'm a hoarder, but yeah, I don't hoard. It's not like I have trash. Like on on hoarders, you know, this is stuff that's good. This is good stuff that I have. <laughs> I just have a lot of it. You know, I amass a lot of it over the years. But um, thanks for calling, Clinton. I appreciate it. Next one, next next call is from Steve in Texas, and here it is. Hey Jeff, it's Steve in Texas on the road. Hello, fellow surf reporters as well. Jeff, regarding the asshole or oblivious. I wanted to draw your attention to the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is probably better explained by you going to Wikipedia and reading it. But basically, people who have limited experience in a certain domain generally greatly overestimate their own competence. And conversely, people who are really good at things generally don't know how good they are at things. and They think that everyone else should be good at them. I think this might be one of those sort of universal laws that if you kind of ponder it, we'll start explaining not only the asshole oblivious spectrum, if it is a spectrum, but a lot of other mysteries in this world. Um, essentially, I mean, they say this isn't what the <laughs> what it means, but dumb people think they're a lot smarter than they are, and smart people often think that everyone else is pretty smart when they aren't. That's my take on it. But hope that helps you put a little puzzle piece together in this jigsaw puzzle of What's going on with the world, and why is everyone so batshit crazy? Hope everyone's doing well, and uh, keep it up, Jeff. Love the podcast. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I don't know. What is that? The Dunder Mifflin effect? I don't know. I looked that up. That, hang on a second. I have it up. I thought I had it on my... Oh, damn it. It's the Dunner or the Dunning-Kruger effect, he said. I looked it up a second ago to try to figure out what what you're saying. Hang on a second. Yeah, okay. All right, so it says 
the Dunning-Kruger effect is de- is defined as the tendency of pe- as the tendency of people with low ability in a specific area to give overly positive assessments of their ability. So people that have that aren't very highly skilled at something w- believe they're better at it than than they really are. Right? Okay. And then, it, but the, it says the opposite is also. It applies mainly to people. The opposite is uh, is also part of it. it. Applies mainly to people with low skill in a specific area. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I think uh, we have to we have to edit this one. In the case of the Dunning Kruger effect, the, this applies mainly to people with low skill in a specific area trying to evaluate their competence within the area. The systemic error concerns the tendency to greatly overestimate their competency, competence, see themselves as more skilled than they are. All right. Okay, and then the, the opposite, the reverse effect, the tendency of highly skilled people to underestimate their abilities relative to the abilities of others. So you're saying, okay, how's this effect, how's this um, asshole or oblivious? Are you saying, okay, I assume you're saying, I I assume you're saying that I am highly skilled, (laughs) which I would agree with you. When I'm talking about driving and merging onto the interstate, I am highly skilled. And I believe that everybody else should be highly skilled too, right? So you're saying, since I am highly skilled, I don't really think that I'm highly skilled. I think I'm average. I'm just an average. I should be like, everybody should be like me. Is that what you're saying? Okay. It took me a little while to get there, but um, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I hope you're not saying that I think I'm, you know, I, I, I got low skill and I, uh, you know, I overestimate my, I don't think that's the case. And I, I know, I know that I, I I'm, you know, I, I handle things better, you know. You got me all mixed up. I don't know about this Dunder Mifflin. I don't know what the hell. You, you got my, this psychology stuff, is, it's, like, it's like burning a hole through my brain. But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I'll try to think about it some more. It's kind of, it's still kind of a, um, I'm still having trouble getting my arms around it. But I'll think about it some more. I'll take your word for it, Steve. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. And this last call is from Sharon V., from Dallas, Pennsylvania. Here you go. Hi, Jeff. It's Sharon V. from Dallas, PA. And no, I do not work with you. I want to express my displeasure because now every time I have to go into a cooler to get a beer, I have to dig deep into the cooler. Thanks to you. And if you ever talk about starships, we built a city on rock and roll again. I will have a freak out because it rang through my head for two weeks straight, and it's a nightmare. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Bye. So what do you say? You're, you're saying that I personally am, uh, you know, I, I'm personally buying up so much beer in northeastern Pennsylvania, Right. That you have to lean in farther in the in in the coolers <laughs> because of of my purchase my my purchasing history 
that you have to lean in farther because there's so much beer missing from the coolers all over northeastern Pennsylvania. That's what you're saying? I've never been so offended. Accurate, probably, but, you know, whatever. And and, and um, we built this city. Yeah, you know, I don't know. When did I bring out? A, I was talking about that grocery store in North Carolina. Yeah, that sucks. That, that song's terrible. You know, that thing was written. The lyrics of that thing was written by, by uh, who's that guy? What's his name? God, I have trouble pulling up names anymore. He, he, he's, uh, he's Elton John's lyricist, Bernie Toppin. Okay, who's um, written, you know, they, those guys wrote some of the greatest songs. He also wrote that. He, I just found that out recently. I didn't know that until recently. He was on, Bernie Toppin was on uh, Mark Maron's podcast, and he said he wrote that song, or he wrote the lyrics. What the? That thing sucks. It's like literally one of the worst songs ever. I mean, I know it's, it's terrible, you know? And then I, there was this other song, uh, Broken Wings, that was played by Mr. Mister. They were out at the same time. They played it over and over and over. I, was, I, was, I wanted to slit my own throat. <laughs> I mean, it was on all the time. And just that at the beginning of it, that, that where they, they just go, We built this city. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> you know, that thing. That thing sucks. Just that makes my entire, makes my sphincter go, just tighten up. My whole body just goes rigid. Ah, it makes me sick. It's like literally one of the worst songs ever. Bernie Toppin? Are you serious? Oh, now you've got me all fired up, Sharon. Thank you. I, I, when I see you at work, we'll have to talk about this. Now you say, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess you said we don't we don't work together. Well, I'm not convinced. But anyway, thanks for calling in. Thank you guys. Thanks all of you for calling in. Thanks to Sharon. Thanks to Steve, Clinton, Patrick, and Jill. I appreciate all your uh, your input. I really do. And thanks all of you can call in anytime you want. And that goes for everybody listening. The number five seven zero two nine zero eight one five one. Call me around the clock. Leave a message. Make a comment. You know, all that jazz. So 570-290-8151. And if you want two of these episodes a week, a weekish, not you know, recently, I haven't, you know, I'm generally much better than, than recent. But if you want two episodes instead of a measly one, you can do that too by going over to patreon.com slash Jeff K. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Jeff K. Sign up for a $4 or more monthly donation, and you'll get an extra episode. Every time I publish one to the uh, to the main network, you'll get an extra episode for your ears only. Just, just for patrons. Full-length episodes just for your ears. So do it today. Patreon.com slash Jeff K. And SurfReportPod.com, Jeff, or no, God. SurfReportPod.com is the home of the podcast, so... Expanded show notes, pictures, links, etc. Surfreportpod.com. And we're at the end of this thing. I'm gonna make a great effort to get back on the back on track. And I apologize. Thank you guys for sticking with me. I'll see you guys soon, which will be over on the Patreon side. Until then, you guys have yourselves a fine, fine day. I'll see you. Bye.
You're going to be a slave to your anus. <laughs>